Hello, and welcome to the Chill Will Potluck Show. I am your host, Chill Will. On today's episode, I will discuss the latest in the Ahmaud Arbery case, the current situation of the coronavirus and the lack of consistency, and I will discuss why black people oftentimes have to get help in order to get justice in the South. I'll get into all of this right after this short break. Stay tuned. Shooting a cousin, 
Welcome back to the Chill Wheel Potluck Show. So the coronavirus is now the number one cause of death in the United States. The country is starting to reopen, but I think it's too soon. <clears throat> uh, they are doing it in phases, but um, no state has reached the criteria set forth by the CDC, which states a two week decline in cases two week, you know, steady decline or consecutive decline in uh, positive uh, cases. So, <clears throat> but most states are starting to, you know, reopen anyway. The another problem with that is testing. Um, right now, we don't we do not have enough tests so everyone can get tested. And um, therein lies the problem. Um, another problem is we have so many contradictions and misinformation coming out of the White House till there's no wonder why it's such a, a confusion. Um, we really need to get on the same page with this thing. But right now, it doesn't even seem like we're reading the same book, let alone on the same page. Um, P President Trump has downplayed this virus from the start and now <clears throat> continues to give out um, incorrect and oftentimes contradicted information. Two staffers have tested positive for COVID-19 and are in quarantine as well as some of the people who have been in contact with them. Um, all of that except President Trump. He continues to um, not wear a mask. Um, he claims he gets tested, you know, pretty frequently. So there's no need for him to wear a mask. Um, although two White, House, two White House staffers have tested positive. Um, I think Vice President Pence has um, I think semi quarantine semi quarantining himself. Um, the um, Attorney General, Mr. Fauci, Fauci, he is doing a um, a quarantine self quarantine, um, and so you know he does most of his uh, briefings and pushes out his information now virtually, and so. It's just another example of how the lack of leadership, um, the lack of preparedness is reflecting on this administration. And oh, by the way, um, President Trump wants to shift blame yet again. Um, I've heard him blame China. I've heard him blame the President Obama's administration. And so he's always constantly looking to shift the blame elsewhere. Um, he says he does not take 
um, any ownership of accountability as to um, how he's handled this um, versus like or how he's negatively handled it. Um, He, you know, matter of fact, to his own horn, he gave a speech where he's saying we have prevailed. Now, we prevailed, but and he said in regards to testing, we've prevailed, but we don't have enough tests. And oh, by the way, we started late in the game to test people. So now we're still in that catch up stage where we're trying to catch up. Deaths in this country has totaled over 80,000 people. We are now leading the world in deaths related to the coronavirus. Let that sink in. Other countries flattened the curve, got ahead of it, and is now flattening this thing out, flattening it out, and they're managing. We are still playing catch up. But now he's saying we've prevailed. I don't understand. I don't know what planet he's living on, but what reality he's in, but it's clearly not this one. So I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, we still are coming up with plans to deal with the nursing home crisis where they've had outbreaks at most of the nursing homes with COVID-19. So I don't, I don't understand what, what the talk is about. We've prevailed and I don't understand why he feels he needs to try to brag and, you know, portray he's handled this so very well. When if you look and you're paying attention, you can clearly see that is not the case. Um, And just some food for thought. The President Obama's administration briefed him that we, if a pandemic hit, we would not be prepared. They had set up an office in a detail dedicated just to um, study pandemics, just to prepare for a pandemic. What does your President Trump do? He automatically cuts their funding by 75%. He ignored the information that they were trying to pass along to him and now wants to blame them for our what? <clears throat> the shortages I'm imagining. I don't get that. How are you blaming someone for 
an agency that you cut funding for. That sends a signal that you had no interest in this. This was not a priority for you. You felt like that was a waste of money. So yet again, since Trump doing Trump things, which equal out more times than not to be idiotic. So um, my thing to um, my listeners, um, pay attention. Let it let it make you mad, but also let it drive you to vote. You know, um, President Obama said something one time and, you know, about I think he was saying it about um, the uh, uh, how Trump was or some some reference he made. And a lot of people were booing. He was like, no, don't boo vote. (laughs) You know, that's how you change things. And some people say, well, my vote don't count. (sighs) Yes and no. You'd be surprised at what you can get accomplished if you get motivated and if you get organized. Organized is the key. That is the key. And we're going to talk about that um, later on in in another segment. But you have to be organized and, and, you know, and vote and not only vote for yourself, but Talk to others, talk to your friends, talk to your uh, other other people out there and, and, and get them motivated, inspire them to vote so that collectively we can make a change. Because um, this coronavirus is not going anywhere. Um, from my understanding, um, there is not a vaccine in sight. Um, They're not anticipating on having a vaccine until maybe deep into the fall. If, if then, if then. So um, wearing your mask, um, gloves and social distancing, this is going to be our new norm for the foreseeable future. So just. Let's get let that sink in. Let that just, you know, soak it up. Because um, what happens or what I've seen is that people get so restricted. And, you know, now that's why we're in this rush to open everything back up, because everyone has been so restricted, um, not working, not making any money. And. They're going bonkers. And so they were like, no, we, we need to get back. But at what cost? At what cost are we doing this? Um, the attorney general has warned of a second outbreak and said that if it happens, it would take a lot to recover from. So we need to be very, very, very careful. Um, we need to figure out the type of testing that we need, because it's my understanding. There's a couple of tests out there. Well, one test in particular, it gives you false negatives. And so, um, that's another issue that they're trying to 
deal with now concerning the coronavirus is trying to come um, develop quick and reliable tests that can be done. But Trump, in my opinion, has definitely mishandled this pandemic from the beginning. So continue to be vigilant, continue to just watch and formulate your own opinions. You know, the truth is right there in front of you. The only thing you have to do is just choose to believe what you see, what you are seeing and hearing. And coming out of the White House, it is definitely misinformation, which this president lies so bad. So it's just, you really can't believe anything he says anyway. So that's, um, that's our new norm with the, uh, with the coronavirus. Um, <clears throat> I'm hoping that uh, we can do this, uh, the opening back up responsibly. Um, I know some places had to shut down. I think in Naples beach, they had to shut down because it was just too many people. They were not practicing social distancing. So they had to shut the beach down. Um, that was the only incident that I've heard of so far. So I'm just hoping that we can be responsible adults. But I know, you know, you have those people, those people out there who, you know, they, how can I put it? Um, They don't want anybody infringing on their rights. So, and that includes, even if it's to, to the detriment of their health, they want to have the right to go and do what they want to do. And so this, this is where we are. All right. Um, up next, we're going to get into the Amar Arbery case and where we stand or where the case stands right now. I say we, though, because I fully support Mr. Arbery's family in seeking justice for the son. And so we'll discuss where the case is right after this. Chuck, what's the move, man? I was on my way up here to the studio, you know what I'm saying? Then this brother stopped me and asked me, yo, what's up with that brother Chucky D? He swear he nice. I said, yo, the brother don't swear he nice. He knows he's nice, you know what I'm saying? So Chuck, I got a feeling you're turning into a public enemy, man. Now remember that line you was kicking to me on the way out to L.A. Lounge and Queens while we was in the car on our way to the shop? Well, yo, right now, kick the bass for them brothers and let them know what goes on. Bigger than Jagger, that sagging. Roll it backwards, I'ma leave it at that. Now you got nothing to do with rap. Shut your backs, expose those cats. Who poses heroes, take advantage of blacks. The government's gangsters will cut the crap. A war going on, so we all have a
And we're back. Yes, on the Chill Will Potluck Show. All right, let's get into this. So the latest in Mr. Amar Arbery's case is that there is a video of a person that is suspected to be a mod at a house under construction. Now, it's not confirmed to be him as of yet. But the person in the video looks around for a short period of time and then leaves. Now, from my understanding, at most, this was a misdemeanor trespassing charge at most. Now, um, the murderers 
of Mr. Ahmad have claimed that they were imposing uh, or following a law in Georgia to make a, um, a civil arrest. So it's my understanding of that law is that if you have knowledge, firsthand knowledge of a felony or you witness a felony being committed, you can give chase and detain uh, that person for the police to arrive. Um, now, from my research, there's actually a lot of states who have some form or some version, rather, of this law on their books. Um, some get specific with, you know, you have to have knowledge or you have to have uh, well, sufficient probable cause um, in some states. You don't have to have any of that. Um, you can just suspect the person and detain them until the police arrives. And this is this can get very dangerous um, because on the average, um, if a person doesn't know you and you're not affiliated with the law, they don't fully know your intent. And therein lies the problem. And so um, if if in fact it is a mod, the citizen, but I will say if in fact that is a mod, um, the citizen's arrest would not apply in his case because it wasn't a felony. Um, he was just looking around in the building under construction. And so. That was at the most, like I said, a misdemeanor. So then they had no right to give chase and to try to detain him. Um, none at all. And then it further complicates matters because um, you have the 911 call where the only thing he states well, he does state that he was in a in a um, home under construction. And he states that there had been recent break ins in the area. Well, according to the um, police reports, there were no burglaries in that area. I think the only thing they found was a theft in a vehicle that was unlocked. That was it. That was the only thing that they found uh, that had been reported. So um, my, I just, you know, my thing goes back to their actions caused his death. So therefore they are responsible because here's the problem with people who try to make citizens arrest. Um, they claim, you know, they're trying to do their part to uphold the law. But then when something goes wrong, 
Now they lean on, um, they use that to piggyback off of, well, I was afraid for my life. But to me, if you're creating a situation, that other person might be fearing for their lives. And so now they are authorized to act with force. And so that's what I'm saying is is a, a very, you know, slippery slope. Um, and so I really do think that they need to get do away with this law. And in fact, lawmakers are right now in the process of looking at striking it down, which I do believe to be the correct course of action. Now, um, if you haven't heard, there is now a fourth prosecutor who has been assigned to Mr. Arbery's case. Yes, I'll say it again. We are now at prosecutor number four. Her name is Joyette Holmes, and she's out of Cobb County which is actually in the Atlanta area. Now, from my understanding, um, the current, or <laughs> since she's taken over, the former prosecutor before her said that um, with the growing um, conflicts and, you know, I, from my opinion, I think it's just the scrutiny, the amount of scrutiny that this case is getting, he wanted to pass it along to someone who had more resources that could better, um, I think, get a conviction or better have more resources at their disposal in order to do what needs to be done to try to get a conviction. And so she is uh, uh, African-American. Um, I don't know too much about her. Um, I just, you know, from what I've read that her office uh, has quite a bit of uh, resources at her disposal. So I'm hoping she takes full advantage. So there's that. Uh, I will definitely be following this case. Um, I just, you know, go back to from where it started to where we, where we are at now. And, um, when the GBI got involved, Georgia Bureau of Investigations, I mean, it, it took off at warp speed because within 36 hours they had an arrest. Something that the local police did not do for about what over two months. So um, therein lies the problem, and um, it is to my understanding that there may be they may become under investigation as well, rightfully so, and. Um, I'm amazed that how you have the sports world who has, who have gotten involved now. Um, LeBron James came out, um, 
You have players from the NFL, their coalition have came out. And oh, by the way, Mr. Tom Brady signed his name and, and was like, let's get justice for Mr. Ahmad. And so I definitely applaud him because he's never really too political. You know, he stays in the shadows as most white people do. And that's just straight up what it is. You know, um, some people want to say, you know, well, we can't rush to judgment. You know, the video doesn't show everything. Um, as a matter of fact, even the president made that um, that comment. But for me, I take that the I take the position of there is nothing this man could have done to justify them for taking his life. They caused a hostile situation. Now, it came out that they tried to stop him several different times. Now, imagine, put yourself in his shoes. If you're running, you see a man in the back of the truck with a gun. A person in the truck that has a shotgun. And they're trying to stop you. Now, when two white men with guns want to stop you and you're black, trust me, nine times out of ten, they're not stopping you to have a conversation. That's what white America does not understand. So this hostile situation that they created, he's already of the mindset that he has to fight for his life. So if anybody has the defense to where they were put into a situation to where they had to fight for their lives, that belongs to Mr. Ahmad Arbery. So let that sink in. Now, we've also had um, cries from um, entertainers such as Jay-Z. Um, I think it was some other people who um, shared their support as well. And they want to get the Department of Justice involved in taking a look at how this case was handled in addition to any federal crimes that may have been committed. Now, um, this is very, um, I think, um, astute of them to request because um, as it has um, been reported, Georgia does not have a hate crime. And I'm telling you, that's not by 
coincidence. Okay. Um, so they want to use the federal statutes that would um, allow them to be prosecuted under a hate crime. So, um, but the, uh, from what I've read, the Department of Justice does not comment on any investigation that might be ongoing or might not be ongoing. They just, you know, they are real hush hush with their stuff until they're ready um, to make it to make it known what they're doing. And with the feds, by the time they make anything known, it's already done. That's just how they operate, you know. And so I am really hoping that justice is served for Mr. Ahmaud Arbery. And like I said, I will definitely be following the case, but it's going to be, I feel, messy. It's going to be um, just it's, uh, cases like these always are, you know, he's going to be put on trial. Um, his past is going to they're going to try to, you know, judge him off of his past. Um, they always do. That's one of their go to's in the playbook. They always try to put the person on trial, make it about whatever. Whatever they did in their past or if they got into any trouble in their past, they're going to make their point and center their defense around that. And, you know, so um, I'm hoping that the uh, prosecutor will beat them to the punch um, and disclose if this young man does have a past. I don't know. Um, but, um, I think they need to get ahead of that and just say, listen, whatever Mr. Ahmad did in the past is in the past and it has no bearing on these two men taking his life because on that day he wasn't doing anything that would warrant the taking of his, of his life. He didn't deserve to try to be detained, as they put it. I say hunted. Um, he didn't deserve that. He didn't deserve to be put in a situation to where he feared for his life. That's one of the things that I think the prosecutor needs to drive home. Is that even... In 2020, the South can be a very dangerous place for a black man, especially in those little rural counties. It's easy to find yourself in a dangerous situation. And so I definitely I hope that the Department of Justice gets involved because um, 
the more eyes on this, the better. Um, the more scrutiny, the better. Because make no mistake, those two were not charged because the police seen the video. They were charged because we seen the video. Okay. So let's continue to stay vigilant and continue to call out injustice when we see it. After my short break, I will explain why black people need help in order to get justice in the South. Stay tuned. One day when the glory comes, it will be ours, it will be ours. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be sure, we will be the heavens no man no weapon formed against yes glory is destined everyday women and men become legends sins that go against our skin become blessings the movement is a rhythm to us freedom is like religion to us Justice is juxtaposition in us Justice for all just ain't specific enough One son died, the spirit is revisiting us True and living, living in us Resistance is us That's why Rosa sat on the bus That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up When it go down, we woman and man up They say stay down, and we stand up Shots be on the ground, the camera panned up King pointed to the mountaintop, and we ran up One day when the glory comes, it will be ours, it will be ours Oh, one day, when the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure
every man, woman, and child Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero Facing the league of justice, his power was the people Enemy is lethal, a king became regal Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego The biggest weapon it's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win a war individually It take the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day, when the glory comes It will be hearing um follow me on my podcast i'm on anchor i'm on spotify um let your friends know um that you know hey take a listen if you feel like you know you're hearing some good stuff so um i'm going to draw a parallel on to why black people um, oftentimes just need help, outside help, to get justice in the South. Um, bear with me because it's going to be a bit of a history lesson, but trust me, it's definitely worth it. So, coming out of uh, slavery um, after the Civil War, you know, that period is Reconstruction. So, during this time, you had a lot of angry white folk because now um, they didn't, they could not um, oppress black people um, in slavery anymore. So, what did they do? They form new methods of oppression starting with Jim Crow Jim Crow is the segregation of black and white now during this time you know segregation was all about oppression and keeping 
black people down. So now we move along when now we're trying to fight to be able to vote. And at this point, you know, what was met with a lot of resistance, you know, um, from white folk. Why do you ask? Because if black people get the vote, they can start having a change or bring about change in the systematic way that they're being oppressed. Because in the South, you've always had the law that was on the side of the white man. Without question, look at all the lynchings that has taken place. No charges were ever brought. Or on the case on the um I what's the word I'm looking for? In the um unprecedented time that you would get an indictment, the jury would be all white. Because guess what? They're made up of voters. So you see, they didn't want us to vote. So by keeping us out of the vote, you establish this good old boy system. Right? And so now um, you do something, you don't have to worry about it because, um, oh, I know Bobby Earl. You know, um, he's the police chief. You know, we go hunting together. He ain't going to do nothing to me. So it is this very system that is still in play today, especially in the South and in these rural counties. Trust me. So anytime a black person needed to get justice, Guess who had to step in? The federal government. That's why it has always been important for black people to always have Big Brother, i.e. the federal government, to be watching. And if things are just grossly negligent, then they can intervene and come in on federal statutes and take over and get justice. That has been the history of black people when it comes to justice and and specifically justice in the South. I am from the South, born and raised. I've dealt with racism 
on a daily basis growing up. My first encounter with racism was in elementary school. Yeah, elementary school. Not from the kids, because at this point, in elementary school, you know, black kids, white kids, we all playing together. It's all cool at this point. Now, I experienced racism from my teacher. Um, now, I've always been a little slow at math, but when it comes to reading, writing, vocabulary, a one more point. And so for whatever reason, my teacher had me in the slow group. Now, my mom would go over my homework with me. And so she knew I knew my stuff. And when she found out that I was in the slow group, she was like, wait a minute. Nah, this ain't right. So she went out there. And she demanded to know from the teacher why I was in the slow group. She said, my son could keep up with the regular kids. And so I think at that time, there was a test. They gave me a test I had to take. So I took the little test, blew it out the water. And so now the lady was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I'll move him up to the other group. So... And trust me, it was no other reason than me being black. That was elementary. So um, I say that to say to a lot of white America that this is not something that we just this is not a go-to. <laughs> we don't keep this in our back pocket and, and just pull it out anytime. Oh, I, I was you know discriminated against because that's what most of white America wants to seem to think, and that's just not the case. You know, we just this is just something that we experience and we go through in our lives. It's just it's a part of our lives, you know, though it shouldn't be. But back to my back to my point is that it's passed racism is passed down it's learned okay and so even in 2020 you have in rural counties this good old boy system and sometimes you are going if you want any type of justice you have to to get the feds involved, you have to have all of your ducks in a row, which it should not be this way. But oftentimes it is. Which brings me back to the point of voting. The vote is so powerful and I'm talking about I'm not talking about in the general election for president I'm talking about the local elections that's where you're going to feel 
the change. Um, that's that's what it impacts you the most are your local elections. Who's running for a county commissioner? Who's running for uh, uh, the, the the mayor? Who's running for governor? Who's running for all of these public offices? And we have to be more vigilant. We have to do our homework and study and find out what type of people are they? Do they deserve our vote? And if not, don't vote for them. In fact, if the system is broken under their watch, get them out of there. Find someone else. And that's why I say we have to self-activate. We have to self-organize. It is a must. So that things like this with um, Mr. Amar Arbery does not happen. And oh, by the way, it has happened before. In Georgia, uh, didn't I can't remember their names, but there was a case in Georgia where a black man was involved in a fender bender. Um, he was a diabetic and he was starting to have an episode. So he was driving off to get to a place, uh, I think maybe even to try to get home to take care of himself and a white woman who saw the incident got took it upon herself to chase him down block him off and approach him with a gun and demand that he get out um i believe she had called 911 and so in the process of her going off on him, she shot him and killed him. And guess what? She was in fear of her life. Now, from my understanding, she was arrested. Um, her case has not gone to trial yet. But yet again, this is another white person. Wanted to take the law in their own hands against a black person. Creating a situation that didn't have to be. Did not have to be. Then you got the first, well, the first incident that drew my attention to this type of behavior, which was Trayvon Martin. So you see how history keeps repeating itself. And so we have to um, find a way to make it change, to bring about a change. And the way to do that is to vote, to get things off this that shouldn't be on the law books, get them off, get things that need to be on the law books. 
get them on the books. And so that takes dedication, um, self-organization, um, all of that, um, getting, getting everything, you know, um, organizing drives, organizing, um, getting more people registered to vote, getting more people to see the importance of voting. Um, that's what we need to be doing. So, um, that's the history of, especially in the South of how things are and why things are. Because more oftentimes than not, you'll have someone, well, that's just the way things are. Well, I tell you what, they need to change. We are where we are as black people because we did not accept that things, this is just the way things are. And the only way that we're going to continue to improve and continue to move on is to not accept that premise. Everything we've had to get concerning our civil rights was a fight. Why would we think that it would be any different now? Just because we had a black president? Yeah, that was nice, but still doesn't affect the long term going forward. And that's where we need to be focused on right now. We need to be looking at the long term going forward. What's the what's the permanent fix? Not a temporary fix. What's the permanent fix? So that's what we need to be concerned on. Well, I'm going to get into my my last break. Um, on the other side, I'll give you my final thoughts here on the Chill Wheel Potluck Show. Stay tuned. That's the 
systems designed to bounce with tails and set for rise. Designed to fill your mind now that you realize the prize arrives. We, we got, got the pump, the stuff to make you talk. From the heart, it's a start of work of art to revolutionize. Make a change, something strange. People, people, we are the same. No, we're not the same, cause we don't know the game. What we need is awareness. We can't get careless. You say, what is this?
Welcome back to the Chill Will Potluck Show. Uh, that's that's the show for today. That's today's episode. I uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, my final thoughts from today. If Amar Arbery were white and the murderers were black, what would have been the outcome? How can you affect change? Here's a hint. Vote. My final thought. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience where he stands at times of challenge and controversy Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. That's my show follow me on Facebook, Spotify and Anchor Um, I will have also a link on my Facebook page to where you can take a look at episodes, listen, take a listen to episodes rather and um Share if you think it's worthy of sharing, might bless somebody. Please, by all means, share it. Um, I just want to bring empowerment, bring um, awareness to different issues, different things. Um, so definitely share if you think it's uh, if it's if it's worth a listen. Um, as always, stay safe, stay strong, and if you can. Stay home. God bless.